Uh, we're going to be in uh, Galatians chapter 3 uh, tonight, and I want to be conscious of time. I always say that, most preachers say that, and they're lying. Um, but I, I do want to be. It's been a long day. Um, many of you have been here all day long, so I want to be considerate of that. Uh, Galatians chapter number 3 is uh, where we're going to be tonight. And uh, we'll make some comments and uh, we'll see what the Lord uh, has for us. If you wouldn't mind, just in honor of God's Word, to stand with me as we read. And uh, we're going to read part of the verse in Galatians chapter 3. And even less if you have a Bible that's not a King James. (laughs) So the Bible says in Galatians chapter number 3, he says, O foolish Galatians... Who hath bewitched you? And a lot of new Bibles leave out that next part. If you're here tonight and you have an NIV, you don't have this next section that we're going to read from. If you have an English Standard Version, you don't have this next section that we're going to read from. And uh, many new Bibles follow the trait. And some of these newer Bibles are getting criticized by King James Bible believers so much and the information's getting out. Uh, about these uh, new Bible versions that are corrupting the Word of God, and uh, they're trying to go back and fix some of them. Uh, some of the older versions had some of the passages missing, and they're they're trying to catch they're trying to catch up, and uh, they're trying to add verses in that King James Bible believers have pointed out that they haven't been in, and uh, 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 but a lot of these still don't have it. That next part there that you should not obey the truth that you should not obey the truth. And that's what we're going to preach on tonight. Uh, if you would, let's go to the Lord and have a word of prayer. Lord, we uh, do love you. And uh, God, uh, we're, we're here not because of our own edification or, uh, Lord, a social club. or uh, Lord, I, I do love these folks, but that's not why I'm here. And why we're, um, we love each other, but uh, that's not why we're here. We're here to worship you in spirit and in truth. And uh, God, I pray that... Um, uh, Lord, you'd uh, use me for your glory, God, that you'd um, cleanse my mind and my heart and my lips, that I wouldn't say anything foolish that would be contrary to the truth. And uh, God, I pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, that I might uh, be able to preach and declare, thus say it to the Lord clear, with clarity, uh, God, that it might help your people tonight. Uh, Lord, I don't know everybody that's standing here tonight. There might be some that are lost, that don't even know you as their Savior. Uh, Lord, that maybe been struggling with that thing. And uh, Lord, I pray if they're not saved, that, that you might just show it to them. And uh, Lord, that you might work in their heart. And Lord, uh, do work that I cannot do. And uh, we ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now, I want to lay a little bit of groundwork first, and we'll get into the message. But Galatians chapter number 1, he says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth. Paul calls an entire church of, of folks a fool. And, uh, and he says specifically that you should not obey the truth. Now, um, if you were ignorant like I was when I first got saved and I had a new Bible version, I wouldn't even have realized that I didn't have that phrase that you should not obey the truth. And, uh, of course, uh, God uh, revealed to me that uh, that was kind of a funny Bible. <laughs> and uh, I realized then it was in the King James. Uh, that I needed to find truth. 
And uh, Paul tells them there's somebody that's keeping them from obeying the truth, and he says specifically that bewitched you. Now, uh, this week on Tuesday, uh, the, the world will celebrate Halloween, and uh, I hate that day. Uh, I hate that day. The Bible says, ye that love the Lord hate evil. Uh, somewhere along the line of Christianity, um, uh, in modern American Christianity, people are perceived as Christian based on whether they're nice or not. Whereas the hallmark of being a Christian is fidelity to the truth. If a person is, uh, is, uh, exercises fidelity to the truth, then, uh, then that's what a Christian should be. Uh, we ought to, now I'm not, I don't think you should go around and just try to be a jerk on purpose. Uh, but sometimes standing for the truth is going to offend people. Uh, they didn't murder Jesus Christ because he was nice. They murdered him because he told people the truth. And people didn't like that. Now, uh, in Galatians 3, he says that you should not obey the truth. Uh, witchcraft from uh, the foundation of, the, of Christ's church and the New Testament uh, after the resurrection, there was multiple instances in the book of Acts where uh, Satan used the hindrances of witchcraft and, and magic against the church. Now we're going to look at them. Uh, if you would, turn to uh, Acts chapter number 8 with me. Acts chapter number 8. And we're not going to read the entire passage for the sake of time, uh, but I'd like to lay some groundwork um, to get where we're going. That you should not obey the truth. And uh, in uh, Acts chapter number 8, uh, this is of course right after uh, Stephen had preached the gospel to uh, the Pharisees and they had murdered him and the gospel uh, begins to turn toward the Gentiles. And uh, in Acts chapter 8, in verse number 9, you've got a man uh, named Simon. And there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because at long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Now, uh, you've got a man here that... Uh, excuse me, uh, Simon, uh, who had used uh, sorcery uh, to influence people in the community financially. Uh, so he, you could presume that he was pretty well off. Uh, folks that have money, uh, the folks that have money often have influence and they want power. And uh, Simon uh, did not use it through godly means. Uh, he, uh, uh, I heard a preacher say one time, uh, it's okay to have money, just make sure that money doesn't have you. And I agree with that statement. But if you get it through unjust means like witchcraft, you better watch because God's coming down, down your way. And uh, here uh, uh, Simon uh, came down, uh, Simon is an example, and uh, he uh, had prayed that, uh, look in verse number um, uh, 17, and they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Now that's not how it happens today. Uh, and when Simon saw that through laying on of, of the apostles' hands the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. He wanted to buy the power of God. You know, he saw something that, uh, that they could do that was a miracle that God gave for a select period of time during the transition from uh, the, uh, God dealing primarily with the nation of Israel to dealing with the Gentile nations. And he used Jewish apostles at that time specifically uh, to get the gospel out. Now, 
it's it's always always Jewish in context, and you've got a lot of folks that still try to practice this stuff. Uh, but you've got to realize in the book of Acts at this time period, they didn't have revelation. They didn't have, uh, Paul, Paul wasn't even born again at this point. So God had to use a, a special uh, period of time that he allowed these signs and wonders to be uh, an evidence that what these men were preaching was true. And so uh, Simon saw that and he said, hey, I'd like to have a piece of that because, uh, because of purity or because it's the truth. Uh, no, by appearance it was because he could stand to gain something from it. And you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks are that way. A lot of folks are that way. You know, if it came to costing you something in your Christian life, what would you give up to get it? You know, if, uh, if it costs you your job to say, I'm a Christian, would you find a new job? Would you seek the Lord in that? You know, in America we, we're so spoiled. You know, we, you, you look at church history, uh, some of the things that uh, the Waldensons and stories of some of those people that mothers that would take their family up to the mountains to, to run from uh, the persecutors in the dark ages and uh, they, the mom might have two or three children and uh, the, the government at that time that, uh, that was um, Roman Catholic dictated Europe and they would come in and they would say, recant your faith in Jesus Christ. And they, the mother would say no and they would push the, first, the oldest child off a cliff and mom would have to sit there and watch that. And then they'd work their way down and work their way into the baby that the mom was holding in her arms and rip that baby from the mom's arms and threw the baby off the cliff because the mother wouldn't recant. You know, we, we think we have it hard because somebody doesn't say Merry Christmas at Walmart. <laughs> you know, we, we have, we have a, a lot of maturation that we need to do today. Look in Acts chapter number 13 and verse number, uh, we'll, we'll pick up in Acts 13. In verse number 6, And when they had gone through the island of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Here's a man that was bound in witchcraft and wanted to know the truth. You know, these, these kinds of folks aren't going to just waltz in a church. You're going to have to go get them. You and I are going to have to go get them. You know, it's our job to take the gospel into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in and try to tell other people that there is hope and it's found in Jesus Christ alone. You know, you've got uh, any time that the gospel goes to go forth, you can bank on you're going to get opposition, in this case, a uh, spiritual one. And he tried to withstand, uh, withstand him. And verse number 10, Paul rebukes him and says, O uh, fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? You're going to get opposition if you try to... Get the truth out and obey the truth. Look in Acts chapter number 16. In Acts number 16, and we'll pick up in uh, verse number 16, it says, And it came to pass, and as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. 
which brought our masters much gain by soothsaying. And I'll stop right there. You'll be surprised if you dig into some of these famous musicians and famous movie stars, how many of them are involved in witchcraft and practicing magic. Uh, you, I, I would say, I would be shocked if they're not. I'd be shocked if they're not. And you know, some of them could even, uh, they have alter egos, they have all sorts of things, and what, that, what those alter egos are is those are unclean spirits that have possessed that person for the sake of u- utilizing that person uh, to appeal to the flesh and appeal to people. And uh, I, I, I just believe that if Satan is the ruler of this world, and I know God rules everything, but Satan temporarily rules this world, and when he offered Jesus, a, he offered Jesus a whole lot, Jesus didn't say, you don't have that authority to offer that. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think that somebody ever gets that rich and that wealthy without first Satan stamping his approval on it. You know, Satan's going to control all that stuff. And you better be careful making idols out of some of those rich and famous people just because they wear the badge of Christianity. Some of them are, uh, uh, you know, one, I won't even name them. One, you, you see some of these people that are so-called Christian heroes and you don't even know the lifestyle that they live. You don't know. And I don't know. You see some that are so-called Baptist Christian heroes and they maybe do some good things, and, uh, but yet they go over to Rome and shake hands and kiss the Pope's hand and let somebody take a picture with them. You mean the head of the church that killed millions of Christians over the Dark Ages that you got a Baptist so-called preacher going over there and kissing his hand? I wonder if he gave him the gospel. I doubt it. In Acts chapter number, verse number 17, the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. You've got a, a demon-possessed woman with the spirit of divination in complete agreement with what Paul is preaching to these people. You know, I, I would dare say that a lot of what goes on in churches and what a lot of people say is church and a lot, what a lot of people say is Christianity is a demon-possessed counterfeit of the real thing. You've got, uh, you've got churches putting on rock concerts and, and all, kind of, uh, all kinds of wickedness going on in churches today. And if you're lost, if you're looking for the truth, if you want to know the truth and you want to come to know Jesus Christ, where do you even start? You don't know. I didn't know. I remember going to um, uh, different types of churches, and I, I went through different ones, some that I'm completely against today. And, and you know what they all had in common? None gave me the gospel. I went to the modernist-type church. I went to the cult church. And none of them said, hey, uh, do you know for sure you're going to heaven when you die? They didn't give me the gospel. And so God, uh, the, the devil uses things, uh, the, these uh, the w- uh, wicked spirits. Uh, and since when did Halloween become a month at this point? You know, uh, Halloween used to be a day, and you drive down uh, pretty much any street in town, and you're going to see a house just littered with Halloween, with, with, de- uh, with death, with uh, uh, ghosts, and that sort of thing. Uh, that, uh, that's uh, pretty much a, a month long at this point. And it's going to continue getting worse. I remember when I first got saved, and even as a young person that was lost, I remember hearing people preach against Harry Potter. You got, you got preachers saying uh, that, that preach and warn uh, Christian people against Harry Potter, and uh, your average Christian figures, well, what's wrong with it? It, it appeals to children. Uh, you know, it, it looks innocent. 
We have a th- that those innocent children in Harry Potter grow up, and then they get involved in witchcraft. And I could uh, I could tell you some experiences on that. I know some folks um, that were involved in and uh, and witchcraft and playing uh, um, uh, Ouija boards and things like that. And uh, the next thing you know, that this person is uh, playing a Ouija board on on Halloween night, and then. Uh, they go down to a, um, uh, uh, a satanic house because they thought, ha-ha, it's funny. And uh, the next thing you know, I get a phone call in the middle of the night, somebody frantic saying that this person just started uh, screaming and, and throwing up all over the place and, and saying, heaven or hell, heaven or hell, I'm trying to go to the light, but he won't let me, and speaking in tongues. That stuff's demonic. And you know, you've got, uh, uh, you've got people that... Uh, 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 Christian people ought to know better than that. In verse number 18 it says, And this she did she many days, but Paul being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. He came out the same hour. You know, there's, there's folks all around all the time that you wouldn't even know it. They, they look like, like a normal individual and, and they're demon-possessed, devil-possessed because of witchcraft. You know, they get, you dabble in that stuff and I'm telling you right now, you're opening yourself to, yourself to channels that you cannot see. And you know what that stuff does is it's going to get a hold of you and you're not even going to be able to withstand it. It's, it's, you're, you're not even going to be able to know that it's there. You'd have to uh, take it to the Lord. And so I want to lay some groundwork that, that witchcraft is, uh, uh, is an enemy of the gospel from day one. All the way through the book of Acts, that's, uh, that they, uh, in every case it was a method of Satan to keep people from coming to the truth. And uh, you get involved in this, I, I'll tell you what, some, uh, I'll put money on it. Somebody that uh, is involved in reading in Harry Potter, bet you ain't reading your Bible. Bet you ain't reading your Bible. I don't want to know if you're reading it. But I can tell you this, I bet you, I bet you your Christian life it doesn't mean a whole lot to you. You know, just because you're parked here doesn't mean that you're a dedicated Christian. You know, I'm glad you're here, but hey, listen, this, this woman that was a devil-possessed, that was following around Paul in complete agreement with what Paul was saying, was full of the devil, and Paul knew it. And you know what the truth is, is if you, if you spend some time close enough to God, you'll be able to tell there's some, there's some folks around you just... You may not know exactly what it is, but there's just something ain't right. You know, God's given me that discernment sometimes around people that on the outward it all looked good and all looked nice, and the Holy Spirit just said, you better watch that. And sure enough, the, uh, the Lord was right, and uh, they ended up getting into a mess. So I want to show you that now, uh, and I want to get to a couple, couple points that uh, number one is that uh, obedience to the truth makes you free makes you free. You know, folks say it sets you free. Now, I understand there's a passage in Timothy, but that's not what Jesus said. He said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. In other words, you got to be fundamentally changed. You're, uh, uh, we say set as in, I'm a pretty good person. I just need, I need to tap into my potential kind of thing. But the Lord says, we're no good foundationally and you just got to be remade entirely. That's why you got to be born again. Your uh, your uh, obedience to the truth makes you free. And uh, on top of that, I'll say this: you will be judged by your response to the truth. 
you're going to be judged by your response to the truth. There's a couple examples, one good, one, uh, one bad and one good with Pilate where he was dealing with Jesus Christ, uh, the truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, um, uh, uh, Pilate, uh, he goes before Pilate and Pilate says, what is truth? What is truth? <laughs> right in front of you. Right in front of you. You know, the, I'll say this, that if a man truly wants the truth, it's probably right in front of you and God will give it to you if you really wanted it. But at the same time, if you don't want the truth, you're going to turn and walk away just the same as Paul did. The Lord isn't playing like a cosmic hide-and-go-seek. If a man wants the truth, he'll take it and he'll give it to him. And if a man doesn't want the truth, he won't take it no matter how much you sugarcoat it. And really, that's the measure of what kind of man you are. Are you a man that seeks the truth? Are you a man that uh, obeys the truth? Or are you somebody that's been bewitched that you would not obey the truth? You know, uh, Pilate stood before him. He says, what is truth? And the answer was right in front of him. And then in Acts chapter number 8, verse 30, you've got the example of the Ethiopian eunuch. And, uh, and of course, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch had... Um, uh, uh, was leaving Jerusalem, a, a place of worship, and that Ethiopian eunuch had um, uh, was sitting there, and of all things he could have been reading, he was reading a Bible. And God, the Holy Spirit, saw that and said, Hey, Philip, I want, you to, I want you to go talk to somebody for me. Thank God Philip was in fellowship with the Lord. You know, Philip had heard the Spirit of God talk to him. And, I mean, Philip had a pretty good setup there. I mean, they're having revival in Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit says, hey, there's this guy leaving. I need you to go talk to this guy. Has the Lord ever talked to you that way? How long have you been a Christian? Has there ever been a time where the Holy Spirit said, I want you to talk to that person? And if not, why not? If not, why not? The, uh, the Ethiopian eunuch is sitting there reading in the chariot and, and Philip gets in with him and he starts reading out of Isaiah 53 that he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. And Philip said, uh, and the eunuch says, well, who was this? Him, uh, some other man? And Philip, I'm paraphrasing, Philip says that, uh, and then he preached to him, Jesus and, and Philip says, well, well, we're in a boat, so let's, uh, or we're, we're right here by some water. Let's do something about it, right? I like that in a man. Uh, God can do something with a man like that. You know, we, you got so many, uh, what, they're called beta males now. Is that a thing? You, you can't, you can't, they can't make a decision to save their life. And they, they're scared to make a choice. And, and that's, that's a plague in our society. I tell my kids, make the choice, even if it's the wrong one. For goodness sakes, make a choice. We'll fix it. Just make a choice. And God, I think God likes that in a person. He was somebody, the eunuch was no doubt looking for the truth, spent the time to go there, and, and then uh, he didn't even get it in Jerusalem, the place of worship. God, uh, God sent Philip, and he says, I want you to go join the chariot. And he, and he says, hey, let's do something about it. God says, I can work with that kind of thing. And, and then uh, he says, well, if you believe with all your heart, you may. So salvation comes in the belief, of course, but uh, he, believes, uh, he believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and gets baptized. Your baptism doesn't wash your sins away. It means nothing other than uh, it's an outward appearance of what happened on, on belief on the inward inside. Uh, 
And um, uh, let's take a look at uh, 1 Samuel number 15. 1 Samuel 15. And we're going to look at a couple cases, and then we're going to look at uh, the right case. And I'm going to say this. Uh, the first point, I, got, I only got two points. Revealed truth is meant to be obeyed. Revealed truth is meant to be obeyed. In 1 Samuel number 15, uh, chapter number 15 and verse number 1, Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee king over, to be king over his people is over Israel. Now therefore hearken unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how that he laid wait for him by the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. But slay both man and woman and infant and sucking, suckling and ox and sheep and camel and ass. Uh, kill them all. Men, women, children, animals. Get rid of it all. That's a harsh statement. That's a, that's a, pretty, that's a pretty rough thing. And uh, uh, if you were an unbeliever didn't know the end of the story, you'd say, man, uh, that, that's a pretty hard thing to say of God. You know, God tells us to do some pretty rough things sometimes that goes against our natural human reasoning. The truth is, is that it's to be obeyed. Look in verse number 22 for the sake of time. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Now watch this. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as the iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Revealed truth is meant to be obeyed. When God gives you truth, he expects you to obey it. Now, here in, in the passage, you, uh, we skipped the, the passage for the sake of time, but God gave very specific instructions on what Saul was to do. And he said, Saul, I want you to go in, I want you to kill all of those people uh, and kill all their animals and kill everything. And Saul, of course, you know, going by his human reasoning, he goes in and he says, well, we're going to kill most of them, but we're going to keep these guys with good potential. <laughs> and we're going to keep the king. And because we're smart, and surely God didn't want us to obey that kind of, that fully. And, and we know better than God, and we know how this is going to work out in the end, and we know why God told us to kill everybody and everything. No. Listen, when, when Saul was told something that he didn't like to do, he was then presented with a choice. He either had to obey completely or go by his own humanistic reasoning. And you know what? That's, that's right where you're at in your Christian life. Because you can't tell me that there aren't passages in that Bible that tells you certain things to do in aspects of your life that don't make any sense to you right now. Rejoice with them with rejoice and weep with those that weep. And the Bible says, in, 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 every, in everything give thanks. Make sense of that. In everything, give thanks. Because I can tell you by human, if you use humanistic reasoning, if you looked over the last five to ten years of your Christian life, there are points in your Christian life that say, I'm, I can't give God thanks for that. But you can, because He said so. But you know what? Because of Saul's disobedience later on, 
Not only did it cost Saul his kingdom and David became king later, <clears throat> because of his disobedience, there, that, uh, that line of people that Amalekites, generations later, there's a man that rose up named Haman. And Haman also later on said, hey, I remember where this Saul guy, probably in the back of his mind, went to kill all my family. And Saul's God uh, it was also behind that order. And I'm going to pay him back. And because, Samuel, because he didn't obey completely and do exactly as God said and went by his own humanistic reasoning, generations after him had to come and pay the price. You know what? That's, that's America today. You know, because of our rejection of the truth, I, you know, there's been a, a wonderful study. There was, uh, I believe it was Jonathan Edwards, one of the great old preachers, that um, I believe it was Jonathan Edwards that said... Uh, 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 after Jonathan Edwards had lived, one of the great preachers preached the most famous sermon ever preached, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And his lineage for generations that follow, many of those became preachers, missionaries, and did all different types of things for God. And there was a famous atheist of that day, I believe he was an atheist, that had also opposed Jonathan Edwards. And they looked at his lineage of that day. And uh, they became drunks and addicts and, and just wrecked lives one after another. And you compare those two. And we're really bad in, in our culture today to think what pleases me now, what makes sense to me now with, with giving no thought for what's coming down the line. You know what? Uh, it's that instant gratification. You know, a lot of Christians are just like that. There's parts of the Bible that, I, that somebody could stand right in front of you and say, this is the Word of God, and just as Pilate did, you'd say, well, what's truth? It's because you don't want it. You don't want to know the truth. You don't want to know the truth. If, you were to search, if God were to search your heart right now and say, do you want to know the truth? And if you did, would you obey it? If he put his finger on something in your life and said, this is the truth, this is written down in my word and revealed truth, and I expect you to obey it, what would you respond? And here's how we look at it. We look at it, how does it impact me now in my perspective? And God says, no, you're missing the point because I want to teach you something through this. You know, I ask my children, like, you know, sometimes we look at God's commands like a flavor of the month. You like cotton candy, you like... Uh, cookies and cream, but that's that God's commands are not take it or leave it. He wants us to obey the truth. And when, it, when you disobey, there's a penalty for it. I asked my son, one of my sons last night, I said, why does God hate witchcraft? Just because he's mean and a tyrant? Because that's how a lot of people look at him. God hates witchcraft not because he's mean and wants to set up a bunch of arbitrary rules like, like the world would have you to think. God hates witchcraft because He loves you. Because of God's love for you, and He knows that things like witchcraft are going to uh, yield you to Satan and his vices, He says, stay away from it. You don't need to understand why, just do what I said. And a lot of Christians say, well, I think I know better. <laughs> I think I know better. And you know what? That the Lord loves you. He doesn't tell us to stay away from that just because He wants to make an arbitrary set of rules. He loves you. You know, when I tell my kids, don't play in the street, it's not because I'm a tyrant. <laughs> I tell my kids, don't play in the street because I love them. And I don't want to have to scrape your dead body off of the ground. 
and have to look in the, in the arms of my lifeless child. A, a rotten parent just lets their kid do whatever they want to do. A parent that loves their children has a set of rules. God's no different. I want, to, I want you to look at Mark chapter number 14, and we'll end in Mark chapter number 14. We're going to look at a bad example, and then we're going to look at a good one. Mark 14 and verse number 27. Revealed truth is meant to be obeyed. Mark 14 and verse number 27. Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will not I. That's dangerous ground. Won't happen to me. Won't happen to me. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee this day, even in this night, before the cock crowed twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will, all, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. Not only did the, was the revealed truth to Simon Peter that it was revealed right in front of him, but the person of truth stood in front of him and he denied him. And not only did he deny him because of his bad example, others followed. And you know what? That's how sin is. When you get off into sin and you reject truth, you never go alone. When Eve gave into sin and she ate that fruit, first thing she did is said, "Hey, I want to have some company with me." And you young people are be you ought to be aware of that sort of thing because young people in particular are susceptible to that sort of thing. And he says, uh, uh, he says, "No, I know better than you." The 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 word of truth, the truth personified in front of me. And, uh, and I'm going to say no. You know, a lot of Christians, they, they, God taps on their heart about an issue in their life, and that Christian knows what they should do. And they say, yeah, but I want to do this. Yeah. The devil puts you in that kind of spot, and it looks, instant grat- looks like instant gratification, but can I tell you that there's a penalty to pay later down the road. You don't want to pay that penalty down the road. And the way we look at it is like, well, I can just make a bad choice right here and then I can make it right later, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You know, when you make a bad choice and give in to temptation and give in to sin and reject truth, there's a penalty to pay and, and you lose your common sense. That's why our country's in a mess today. No common sense at all. And it's because they've rejected the truth that they know is true. You're not going to have a sound mind when you reject truth. It should be called uncommon sense. The truth, but although Simon Peter had rejected the truth, the truth obeyed. Look in verse 34, and we'll be done. And he saith unto him, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tear ye here and watch. And he went forth a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth personified was standing right in front of him who he had just rejected. And he said, okay, in spite of the fact that you're going to disobey me, I'm going to obey the Father. 
and we're going we're gonna to be done, but I just want to share some, a few things that Jesus Christ is the perfect example for you and I. Jesus Christ did not give in to the temptation like a lot of, a lot of young people do. You get, you get tempted because those around you, you come to a church like this and you get challenged to live for God and you get challenged to uh, be pure and you get challenged to, to, uh, to do things that are right and a witness and, and you get challenged to do those things and you go around other people that are like, yeah, but let's go try this and you get tempted to do what's wrong. You know, Simon Peter there had... Uh, led other people astray, but not Jesus Christ. You know, you might not go with the crowd, but if you stay where you're supposed to stay, you'll be, you'll be standing with the one that died for you. The truth personified. Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Has there ever been a time where you just read a Bible verse and came across and the Holy Spirit just put His finger on something in your life and said, this is the truth, this is what I want you to do. And you had a crossroads. Did you obey it? What was the temptation or the pull to get you to disobey it? And I want to challenge you, if you're involved in things like witchcraft and this Harry Potter stuff and, and these, uh, the modern, it's everywhere, it's everywhere. All these major movie stars and, and musicians, they all use the sorts of witchcraft. And I just saw this week some famous musician had, uh, was, in, was in a crowd and you know, a lot of people just having a good time, they thought, and listening to uh, uh, some, uh, some musician, I think somewhere in Mexico. And they were famous, and then uh, they showed a video from, uh, from uh, uh, like the second story, just randomly, uh, uh, just rows of people, just dozens of people just fell simultaneously. She's involved in witchcraft. You know, I guarantee you when those people, they probably didn't think that they were going to be subjected to things like that. But can I tell you that that stuff is real, and you and I have no business dabbling in it? And if you are, God help you to come here tonight and make it right. And say, God, give me the victory. Because the truth, in truth, the truth shall make you free. That's our word of prayer. And, and uh, we'll ask preacher to come up and close the service. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for this, uh, this book and what it stands for. And uh, God, the truth that you've given us, written down on pages. And I pray for every soul here tonight that um, they'd be obedient to maybe some things that you put on their heart. And Lord, that they'd obey the truth and not reject it. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.